Welcome to Money Talk with Tiff, a podcast where we discuss everything money from tips and tricks to current events. Follow me on my journey to become debt-free and meet other cool people along the way. I am your host, Tiffany Grant. Now let's talk money. everyone. I am so excited about today's episode because I have Justine Chan on the line. And Justine is the founder of a real estate education website called Live With Plum, which aims to be the home buying guide for the modern woman. Um, The site was inspired by her personal experience buying in New York City and seeing how little resources there were for female home buyers, even though they buy at twice two times the rate of men. So thank you so much, Justine, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, No problem. So I'm super excited about this topic because, um, you know, as we just had a conversation, I bought my first house at 26. You bought your first house at 25. So just walk us through, um, you know, your perspective. What made you decide to buy at that time? Yeah, so for me, it's always been very personal. Uh, for one of the biggest blessings that I think I've had in my life is to grow up in a family where, number one, um, it was a dual-income family, so my mom always worked uh, at the same time as my dad and actually had a very equal p- partnership in many ways, including on the financial side. Um, the second thing also is that we always had very transparent conversations about money, so I never really shied away um, about thinking about money, about you know understanding the importance of financial stability, And thirdly, I also saw the way they used real estate as a wealth building tool. Uh, So for me, I always had this this goal really of achieving financial stability in my life um, as early as possible, right? And you knowing how to use real estate as a tool to get there. So it was kind of a no-brainer. I don't think there was ever a period in my time in which I think, in which I ever thought that I wouldn't have my own home or that I wouldn't, uh, you know, have like rental properties for passive income. Right. Gotcha. So that makes complete sense. And I'm trying to get into having rental properties currently. Um, You know, I always said whenever I move out of my house, I wanted to rent it out to another single mom um, only to keep that same because I bought this house from a single mom. I'm a single mom. And then I would love to rent it out to a single mom just to keep Mm -hmm. that tradition going. Mm -hmm. Um, But with that being said, we, we do do real estate a little differently. So um, one thing that we talked about before we got on was house hacking. And I love the idea of house hacking. And, uh, you know, as I shared with you, if I didn't have kids, I would definitely do it. But for the audience that's not familiar with what house hacking is, could you explain it? Because I think it would be a good tool for especially millennials trying to get into home buying. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So there are many variations on what house hacking can be. Uh, But I'll just explain the core concept of it, which is basically mostly purchasing a place and getting the advantages of owning a place, right? Which is the um, the lower interest rates on a mortgage, you know, some of the tax advantages of owning a place. But at the same time, also getting some of the advantages of having a rental. So the concept is, for me at least, I own a three-bedroom 
apartment in the South Bronx in New York City. And I stay in one section of the apartment, so one room, and I rent out two of the other rooms. This can also happen in like a duplex situation, for example, where you stay in one apartment and then you rent out the, in the other apartment. Or there are many variations, a triplex, a multifamily, but the core concept is that you stay slash live in one um, part of the, the property and then you rent out the other parts of the property for rental income while you get the benefits of being a residential homeowner. Exactly. And an important part to note there is it's pretty much like um, renting out to roommates <laughs> um, and letting them pay your mortgage pretty much for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's basically the concept. Mm-hmm. Roommates are like you know, you, it can be separate apartments. So if you really want the privacy in me, probably not a super urbanized area like New York City, it's totally achievable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think it's an awesome concept and it is like a gateway for those that don't think that they have enough money to buy a home, um, which I also feel like is somewhat of a myth because what I've learned is that owning a home, um, and I'm just talking about mortgage here, it's cheaper than the going rent where I live. So I was able to get a three bedroom, two bath house for like a hundred dollars cheaper than what my rent was at the time. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, there are many components into the cost of a home, right? Like having a good credit score, for example, would allow you to get as good a mortgage as possible. So I think there are many tools, which is why I started my website, that allow someone to be prepared to own a home, such that when they are in the position of purchasing a home, they're really in the best financial position to go into it. Right. So what are some things that you know, as women, we need to be aware of or some tips or what's something important that we need to know when we're going into the home buying process? Yeah, so the way I structured my content is, you know, I think when many people think of home buying, right, they they maybe think about it like next year or six months down the line, I need to buy a home. But really for me, there's this entire phase called pre-home buying. Um, And this thought process, the way that I would love for people to think about it is as soon as you start thinking of retirement, as soon as you start, you know, getting your first paycheck, you should, and if home buying is a goal of yours, you should start preparing for that process already, because there are really many different steps to get there and a lot of education. So for for all women out there, I really want them to understand that the preparation needed to buy a home is a lot lengthier um, than, than you think it is. And the most important concept is to get your credit scores in order such that when you buy a home, you can really get the most number of mortgage options available and also the lowest rates available to you. Absolutely. And that's so important to point out because, um, you know, if we think back to the 2008-2009 housing crisis, financial crisis, which turned into a financial crisis, um, a lot of those loans were made to people that really couldn't afford it or had the low um, credit score and they were still getting the loans because the banks were greedy. They just wanted the money, um, even if the people defaulted on it. So I think it's important to understand 
understand the whole concept of making sure that your credit score is great before you start going into the process because you have to think if you get into like a fixed rate a 30-year fixed rate mortgage, that's your interest rate for the rest of the term. So yeah. if you go in with a strong credit score, you can lock in that best interest rate and then there, therefore you can save money in the long run. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, you can refinance down the line, which is the, the environment that we're having right now, right? With like really low rate environment is with people refinancing, but it's, it's that it's getting as low as interest rate as possible, but it's also getting different mortgage options um, available to you. Below a certain credit score, you just wouldn't qualify. Certain banks just wouldn't even look at you. Um, so it's, it's really just giving yourself the optionality, which is really important. Right, right. So with um, home buying, I know when I was going through the process, one of the biggest lessons I learned was um, about the movement of money, right? Mm -hmm. So when you start going into the process, you really can't spend big amounts of money after that, right? Nope. Uh, are you talking about really just thinking about where you place your money and how liquid you need it to be? Right. So like, for instance, let me give you an example. Um, when I was going through the process, I had just got um, my tax refund as well. Mm -hmm. So, and um, my student loan refund. Mm -hmm. So when they were going through my bank, cause you know, you have to give them statements okay. and everything. <laughs> yeah. You have to give them your entire life. Um, <laughs> um, so when I did that, they're like, wait, 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 where did this money come from? And how did this money get there? And then I had to send them copies of the student loan refund check and to show that it came from the school and this, that, and the other. So it, it, they are very meticulous when it comes to going into your yeah. statements and things. A hundred percent. And this is also why understanding the process as early as possible is good, right? So you can keep all records of the necessary documents. Because, you know, if you're just going to buy a home in like three months and you don't have your documents in order, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And I didn't know any of this because my decision to buy a home was very quick. I mean, <laughs> from uh, Monday, I was like, oh, I'll look. And then by Saturday, I was um, putting an offer. So <laughs> I mean, that, that's a lot of people. That's really most people, right? Like that's the, and, and, and that's totally fine. I think if you're already pretty prudent about your finances, for me, I see a lot of issues when people are not, and then they're you know, really caught unaware by many things. Right. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit um, because currently you have uh, rental properties, correct? Right. So I just wanted to get into what made you decide to go ahead and buy that second property. Like, how did you know you were ready for that second property? You know, I always knew I was going to buy a second property. I think that's such a good question because that has never been my mindset, to be honest. My mindset was always I would buy a property, live in it for two years because you get tax advantages. Mm -hmm. you know, it was your primary residence for two years and then I would move on. Um, but I, you know, unlike many people who just buy one property, if that's like their forever home, I always bought really small properties that I could afford and then easily after that, to buy another place that I could also afford. So for example, instead of buying, you know, a really large, nice, beautiful one bedroom for you know, a lot more money, I chose to buy a really tiny studio for a lot less. 
Right, right, gotcha. So, but so, was always part of the plan, um, so that I could get the rental income when I moved. Right. So, uh, I've heard, and see, I haven't bought a second property yet, yeah. but I've heard that people use their home equity lines of credit to put the down payment on the next home. Um, if you want to explain that and your thoughts on that. Yeah, so I've never done that before, so I can explain what I understand as well as my thoughts. Um, but basically, taking a home equity line of credit means you're using your home to take on kind of like a second mortgage, right? Like that you're pulling out um, money. So the bank might say, hey, you've owned this home for five years. You, initially, you took out an 80% mortgage. Now, after five years of payment, as well as the appreciation of the house, you only owe, you only owe like 50%, right? So the additional 30% is something that you can take, um, you can use as collateral to take a line of credit out on. <laughs> Typically, the rates are higher because it is a second loan. Um, so it will be definitely be much higher than the rate that you get on your residential loan mortgage, but it's still lower than other rates that you will get out there if there's no collateral. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I didn't think that that would be a good idea uh, because it's like, you know, you're kind of building a, a house on unsolid ground, so to speak. Um, like, like for Okay. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, like, for instance, you're taking out a loan on your current home. What if you default on your current home, then you lose both homes? So it's like, yeah. um, you know, a stack of cards and it could come crashing down at any time. I mean, it, it, I think it really depends on how calculated of a risk you're willing to take. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, right? So there is always this risk that you're going to default. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the and because you default, you're going to lose the home, like 100%. I'm totally with you on that. But if you choose to take a small line of credit, um, and if financially you are very confident that maybe your rental income will make up for whatever payment it is, uh, and if the line of credit rates are much lower than what you can get outside there, it's worth exploring. Definitely. So, um this was a wonderful conversation. Is there anything that you would like to leave my listeners with when it comes to the home buying process, especially for the women out there? Um, because we are buying, you know, at rates two times the amount of men. So there's a lot of women out there buying and there's a lot of women that listen to this podcast. So if you had to tell them something, what would you tell them? I would always tell them to negotiate and to fight for what they believe in. Um, so the other statistic based on research that literally just came out, I think this was only a couple months ago, uh, is, and they looked at millions of transactions across 20-something years. But basically, women, they've proven that women tend to pay more for the same house mm-hmm. uh, as well as sell it for less than single men do. So single women pay on average about 2% more and we'll sell it for 2% less. So it's it's all goes down to negotiation and really fighting for what we think we deserve. Um, the same factors that lead to the wage gap have caused um, a, a wealth gap really in housing returns. And that's just, that's horrific for when I saw it, I was just totally taken aback. 
You're absolutely right. And I can see that like being on the other end and buying this house, I was like, this is priced really well for what I'm getting. And when I look back at the record, she sold it to me for the same amount she bought it for like six years prior. So yeah, and I'm like, I don't know if she was just trying to get out of it or, you know, if it's just a psychological thing with women, like, we're like, maybe we shouldn't negotiate, just take whatever we can get. Yeah. So the the other surprising thing that the research showed is the gap um, is actually smallest when a single woman sells to another single woman. Mm. And the gap is actually widest when it's single woman and single men. Mm. So it's very clear that it's just a gender difference. And it's very unfortunate. This shouldn't be happening at all. Right. But that's why you're here, right? (laughs) I hope so. I mean, it's it's something that I feel very, you know, I feel very strongly about. Right, right. So Justine, how can people find you if they want to learn more? If they're a woman, they want to learn more about the home buying process. How can they find you online? So you can find me on two channels. One is my website at livewithplum.com, so L-I-V-E with P-L-U-M.com, and the other is on Instagram, and the handle is at livewithplum. Perfect. Thank you so much, Justine. This is a this was a wonderful conversation. Um, we haven't talked about this on the podcast at all, so I'm super excited when this recording launches because I feel like it's going to open a lot of women's eyes to what is possible. I think a lot of times we get stuck in, you know, maybe I need a husband before I can do no. this, <laughs> or maybe I need, you know, <laughs> I need yeah. a second income before I can do this, or whatever the case is. Um, And that's not the case. You have two single women talking to you right now, um, telling you they bought their houses at 25 and 26. A hundred percent. Yeah. And and on my Instagram, that's really also what I'm trying to do is to show um, the faces of many other women who've bought places and the lessons that we've all learned to really, really show that home ownership is, you know, it's, it's in all of us. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Justine, for everything that you do. Um, I'm super excited to have you and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed being on this. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to moneytalkwitht.com. And while you're there, why not sign up for our newsletter so you'll never miss an episode. Talk to you soon. Thank you.